Um, so I've been, I had this realization that um, yoga would not have happened if someone out there had not been like, I feel kind of like a mess. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, (laughs) Uh, someone out there at some point or a bunch of people all together collectively were like, I feel lost. And I think maybe we could work on this, you know, and had some awareness around their lostness and started um, in India to develop the spiritual technologies to create guidelines and systems to help us feel less lost. Um, And. I don't know about you guys, a lot of times I come in here and what is going on in my personal life doesn't match like the role that I'm supposed to have sitting up here. (laughs) Where it's like, oh God, okay. (laughs) Like, right, Valerie? You're like, all right, let's get bound, you know? Um, And so I use the tool a lot of um, just showing up as I am. And that has been really helpful for me and just uh, many times admitting when it's appropriate, like that I do feel really lost a lot of the time and I don't know what I'm doing and I'm trying my best and I have awareness around my brain patterns, but I'm really fucking sick of them sometimes, you know? Like I'm like, oh, the core mother wound again. Like here it is, you know? I don't feel lovable, yep. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, That is a construct which we're going to talk about. And so um, I went back to the Bhagavad Gita, which is a text that we don't teach in the teacher training, Um, although I feel very interested in doing something with it right now, because I was like, all right, like, what is it actually saying? Um, Because I think sometimes when, as teachers or students, when we go to the text where there's a lot of annotation, we think it's saying what the person who's annotating it is telling us it's saying. Does that make sense? And so I've been reading it on the internet, um, where because I only have annotated versions, where it like just says a verse at a time on one page, which um, I feel kind of ashamed to admit, but it's been very useful for me because there's no, it's just like one line. And then I'm like sitting with that one line being like, okay, like I think I get it. And so we started talking about it yesterday, and it starts out essentially with these two people talking, and they're giving a list of names of people who are in the battle um, that's about to happen, because the Bhagavad Gita is about a battle. Um, And if you think about it metaphorically-wise, it's about a battle here in our hearts and ourselves, right? Between that which is real and that which is not real. But it lists a bunch of names, and it's very much like we talked yesterday about the, the Bible when it's like, and Levi begot so-and-so, and, and like, it's giving us, like, the lineage, right? These are the shoulders of the people who've been here before us, who've walked this path of being lost before us, right? Um, it's kind of like street cred, like shout-outs. And then, and then it gets to the two main characters, and there's um, Arjuna, who is the human character, right, who's like us, who is in the battle, and he's a warrior, And then there's Krishna, who's God, right? And he's known very often to be like the God, like sort of like the lover God. When he was a kid, he was always sort of like romancing the cowgirls and like stealing butter, you know, like very sensuous kind of things. Um, Like everyone everyone wanted to be his lover. That was the thing. And then finally, Radha was like, he's mine. And he was like, all right, you know? 
but very like sort of like representing that desire for connection, that desire to know love, to know like not just like romantic love, but that kind of love that is our birthright kind of love, like spirit love. Um, and Krishna's or Arjuna's first line, he says, Krishna, and Krishna's sitting on his chariot. He says, take me to the center of the battle, the center of the battle. And so Krishna's like, he doesn't say anything. He just does it. And then Arjun is in the center of the battle. And I'm like, oh my gosh, take me to the center of the mess. Take me to the very center of my lostness. How brave is that? Right? Because for most of us, we want to be like, let's like eat a gummy. (laughs) it's the new thing (laughs) right or whatever it is that we're doing the ways that we've coped let's like get out of the house and distract myself let's over exercise let's get an eating disorder like there's a gazillion ways in which we've coped to not go right to the center of the battle and that like this is like first line of me reading unannotated I was like (gasps) (laughs) the center that's where you have to go you have to go right to the center and then the next lines, um, he gets to the center of the battle and he's filled, it says he's filled and overwhelmed, overwhelmed, right? Because when we go to the center of the battle, what else are we going to be but overwhelmed? <laughs> With compassion and deep sorrow, right? And I think sometimes that we think in ourselves that we're going to be um, going to the center of the battle. We're like, the only way is through man. And then we'll be like, and then it'll be great. But it's not. Like, you have to feel those feelings of deep sorrow and compassion. And it sucks. And I wish it was different, but this is how it is. And then he says, my, my limbs are giving way and my mouth is drying up. My whole body shudders. My hair is standing on end. And I am unable to hold myself steady any longer. I do not see what good will come of this. Right? And he's having these very human feelings, which if anyone who's tried to go to the center of the mess, to the center of the lostness, has had those feelings of like, I don't even want to be in this body anymore. Like my body is giving out. My soul is crying out with such sorrow that my body is aching, right? Then, finally we get to God. It's like, you're like, yes, finally. Like all the sorrow, all the body aches, and that goes on for a while. And then at the beginning of chapter two, Krishna finally speaks. And this is the first line he says in the whole entire thing. And I think it's so important. He says, where has this illusion of yours appeared in this moment of crisis? Where has this illusion of yours appeared in this moment of crisis? This is not befitting of you. Crisis, the root word of crisis is to sift, right? So it sifts away that which we don't need. And so then the question becomes, and we'll leave it for here today. I think I'll be real into this for a while, guys. (laughs) Is that, and if you want to hear yesterday's talk, I'm going to post it later today. It also involves intersectional feminism and a terrible experience with Elizabeth Gilbert. So if that is like a little teaser for you, you can listen to it. Um, So then the question becomes, if... If this is the illusion, if all of this body aches and this deep sorrow is illusion, then what is real? Right? And that's where you kind of leave off. Then what is eternal? Then what is real? If that is the illusion, if moving to the center of the battle is the illusion. 
And I think that's what's on the other side of moving through it, right? Of pulling yourself to the center of the battle is the knowledge of what is real. Um, And I don't know know about you guys, but that's what I want more than anything else in my entire life is to get to that and to be able to have access to that whenever I want. And I don't know if it's possible, but maybe. Where's Chrissy? That would be the pill. (laughs) For eternal energy like we had in our 20s. (laughs) Your hands to your heart.